Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Come to you from underneath a peach blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is the official episode 95 back on track after a year hiatus. And uh, we've got some exciting news. We've got an awesome guest. That's actually our first guest for anybody that's followed along the first 94 episodes. My name is Joshua Peach, and I'm excited to be back. Um, you know, I apologize for taking the last year without having any episodes. Uh, but first and foremost, thank you to everybody that's continues to listen that got caught up. We have stayed in the top two and a half percent of all podcast channels. To give you an idea, there's over three million podcast channels today. And to be in the top two and a half percent with no new episodes through the course of 12 months is nothing short of extraordinary. It's because of you, the listeners that are doing the ratings and reviews that are downloading our episodes and that are sharing with the world uh, that you like what we're doing. So thank you. And uh, I'm sorry for the hiatus. Uh, I, you deserve an explanation. Um I, uh, as, as many of you know, I, I departed from a 17-year career in December of 2020. Uh, it took a lot more out of me than I thought it would. Um, and last April, May, I, I made the, the difficult and exciting choice to be 100% uh, self-employed. And I really needed to focus on revenue-generating opportunities. And I also thought that uh, I could do it all. I thought I could rebuild my website, build marketing materials, be my own agent, uh, do merchandise fulfillment and travel a uh, hundred plus days, uh, while doing all of that. And I very quickly became overwhelmed and uh, I had to put some things aside and the podcast sadly was one of them. Uh, and about a month ago, I came up with this idea of, Hey, why don't I have a, why don't I add a co-host? If I had a co-host that cuts half my work on the podcast. <laughs> and so I, I went to the first person that I could think of that made the absolute most sense, uh, uncle Dave. And uh, Uncle Dave is is uh, very close. He's one of my closest friends for oh, almost oh, 15 years. And uh, I called him and I said, uh, Uncle Dave, I, when I think of somebody that 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 matches up, that marries up to us being me, be, being close to, to me, it's it's you. You know, uh, I'm in New England. You're in New Mexico. You got a couple of girls. I got a couple of boys. You know, you're going to see his body fat's about 2%. He's in great, great shape, just like me. Mine just has a zero after the two. And uh, and he's made in Detroit with his hat. So uh, I just figured it, it was a match made in podcast heaven. And uh, I didn't let him say no. And he's never done this before. He's only been on one podcast before. Um, and I and I, I forced him to it. So uh, he's here. He's going to join us. He's going to bring some some humor and some some light and probably a different perspective and uh, i'm excited and honored to, to call him my co-host so first uncle dave welcome aboard you got thrown right in got thrown right into it yeah why not yeah body trained at gunpoint right yeah why yeah <laughs> yeah and, and and i honestly you know for a first episode for you i couldn't think of a better guest it just happens that my first guest 
of my podcast, episode three, is Santa Claus. And perfect, Santa. Before we get you get you on here, I'm going to share. Um, you know, I started the podcast in July of 2018 under my peach tree, and um, what happened was uh, when I launched Be Awesome, it was originally going to be a book uh, that I was going to write, and it turned into so many other things so quickly. And and one of my advisors, people that I reached that I count on, said, "You got to do a podcast. That's how you're going to get your brand out. That's how you're going to get everything out." I did two podcasts by myself and they were so boring. Like episode one and two, I tell people, don't listen to it. It, it, Comic relief. And, you know, Joe Rogan probably listens to his first episode. He's like, wow, man, I came a long way. And that's probably what I, what I, what I'll think someday. But after episode two, I'm like, I need to start having guests. And I didn't think about what we're doing right now. I always thought I had to be in person. And I happened to be going to Fairbanks, Alaska about two weeks time. And I, I remember just, a, I had this pop in my brain. I go, I remember reading a story when I was in Anchorage a couple of years ago about this guy that's legally named Santa Claus in North Pole, Alaska. That's a city counselor. Didn't say anything else. Just that was the story. And so I chased him down. I called city hall. I got his email address and I did exactly what I did for uncle Dave. I said, you have to be on my podcast. And he had some reluctance, but in July of 2018, we met in City Hall Chambers and we did our first guest podcast. And we have done a lot of awesome that we're going to share in this podcast over the last four years. And I'm honored to have Santa Claus as a personal friend uh, and back on the podcast again. So way up in the North Pole, Alaska, Santa Claus, welcome back, my friend. How's the weather first and foremost? Well, first, uh, Josh, thanks for having me back on. It's an honor for me as well. It's great to see uh, Uncle Dave. So the weather up here is about, um, it's around 50, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Which that's is not bad. Good. Yeah. No, that's, that's a balmy 50 degrees. So, <laughs> so Santa, let's, let's recap for those that haven't listened to episode three. Um, your name wasn't always Santa Claus. Um, right. Give a little bit of a the backdrop as to how you became who you are today um, and, and why. Um, years ago, I grew up in the Northeast of the United States and very loving family like yours. And um, we celebrated Christmas, things like that. And, you know, the usual holidays, plenty of love to go around. And as I, started going to uh, boarding school as a sort of upper middle class family. So I was kind of privileged and um, I got to meet a lot of other children who were not in families that uh, had really nice upbringings and resources, you know, to work with or in countries that, you know, are like ours. And I started developing this heart for uh, children who were disadvantaged one way or another. And when I, uh, went through university, same thing. And my first job out of undergraduate school, believe it or not, was um, special assistant to the deputy police commissioner in New York City. And during that job, I saw a lot of children fall through the cracks. Uh, social services, you know, the web, the network, and that kind of stuff just weren't it just wasn't sufficient uh, to take, you know, give those children the adequate care. So um, I just started thinking about things and um, 
had a couple other jobs in public safety and uh, was in FEMA's National Defense Executive Reserve uh, while director of the Terrorism Research Education Center. So I have sort of a worldview on how children are treated you know, throughout the world or mistreated for that matter. So that's sort of when my child advocacy began for child health, safety, and welfare. And um, I was getting pretty good at it and having success with uh, state and federal legislators trying to get them to uh, draft and sponsor and co-sponsor legislation to protect children. And um, I figured, well, you know, this is, this is working out really nicely. And I moved from uh, where I'd been living over to Lake Tahoe, this beautiful area up on the Nevada side, up in the mountains. And I grew out my beard kind of for fun. And you can see how it kind of turned out and nice and bright and white. And Magnificent is what, yeah. how it turned out. Glorious. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the people there at Lake Tahoe said, oh, you ought to do the Santa thing. This was in 2004. So that winter I did, I volunteered for about 30 nonprofits and um, around the lake and it was well received. And um, as a monk, I'm also a monk in real life. Um, and I was praying as I was walking from where I was living over to the post office up in the mountains in the snow in February that year of 2005. And um, just praying, what should I do with this gift, this appearance? How can I help the greatest number of children with it? So right after my prayer ended, about 20 seconds later, this white sort of nondescript car came up the snowy road and its windows were open. So I kind of glanced over because it was so cold outside. I was surprised to see the windows open. And as the car passed by, this male voice shouted out, Santa, I love you. Never saw the car again. Never found out who said that. But I figured that was a pretty quick answer to prayer. So I took it to heart and next day went through the uh, legal process of changing my name to Santa Claus. And now, or well, then when I would call up legislators as Santa Claus from Lake Tahoe, I could usually get through to the policy director or to the um, chief of staff and sometimes the governor or senator or, um, representative, whomever. And then I figured, well, I was having you know, really good success with that, um, using it kind of as a device. And then I figured, well, what if it were Santa Claus from North Pole instead of Santa Claus from Lake Tahoe? So I did a little research and uh, landed on my feet in uh, North Pole, Alaska, uh, doing the same thing. And now, in addition to getting a hold of uh, chiefs of staff and um, policy directors, now I can usually get a hold of the legislator themselves. Um, as you might expect in Alaska, you know, Santa Claus is just kind of like you know, the Statue of Liberty is in New York City. People say, oh, yeah, we know it's there, but it's not that big a deal to them. Um, so here in Alaska, it's a little a little bit different. You know, for me, I'm just one of the, just another Alaskan guy. Um, but it helps me with the child advocacy. So I use it as a device to get a hold of uh, legislators. So that's how that, that's gross oversimplification of how all that came to be. But thank you for asking. Yeah, who's going to hang up on Santa Claus? Well, I, I was I was literally just going to be like, I need to hire you to be on my sales team to get people on the phone because, like, you should hear when he leaves me a voicemail. It's like you, you you know, it's like, hey Josh, it's Santa up here in the North Pole. It's like, how do you not call that right? I mean, he's my if, even if he wasn't my friend, I'm sitting here going, if somebody called me and said Santa in the North Pole, I'm like, I'm calling him right back. Yeah, um, most people you want that bike. If you well, want that bike for Christmas. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> well, let's let's talk let's talk about the reality. I I I saw the article, kept it in my brain for five years, and reached out to him. And because of that, and because of learning the story, and because of finding out you're 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 working on the world. I'm just working in the United States. I mean, when we talk about kids in dire straits and underserved youth in the United States, we're talking about 3 million homeless and kids in foster care. There's about 2.5 homeless and half a million in foster care, I think is the latest number. It might be a little bit more since we last talked. Um, but that translates to, for anybody that, that wants to think about this, it translates to about an 82% chance that there's at least one child that's in absolute um, poverty, homeless foster or foster care in every single classroom in the United States today. That's, that's staggering. It's and it's like that translates to three or four on every school bus in the United States. Yeah, it's heart wrenching. And the areas I usually cover are abuse, neglect, exploitation, abandonment, homelessness, institutionalization, S chip insurance, uh, foster care, adoption, that sort of thing. So it's a pretty broad range. And I, when we spoke last time, we were talking about Santa's Bless the Children tour. It was about 15 years ago or so, where I went throughout the United States by car and flew, of course, to Alaska and to Hawaii, but uh, visited all the states, plus the District of Columbia, where I was born, by the way, and talked with legislators about those um, issues. And one of the things that came out of it was uh, one file per child. A lot of people don't realize that when children get into, let's say, the foster care system, for example, uh, they have a file on their educational you know, experience, they have a file with perhaps law enforcement if they've been engaged with them for some reason. They have a medical file usually. And back then, most of the information in those files wasn't shared between agencies, especially if the child moved from state to state for one reason or another. So after the, or during the tour, I talked about lots of different ways to, to help children. And this was just one of the ones um, that came to fruition because I would sort of cross pollinate throughout the country. They might get some state might get a federal grant for whatever having to do with child health, safety, welfare, not realizing that another state had received the grant previously. So rather than reinvent the wheel, um, why weren't these states calling each other saying, you know, what are we going to do about this problem or that problem or challenge? And um, after my year and a half of this tour, uh, they started talking to each other, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one trying to do that, but I'm the only one that I know of. Uh, you know, at least I have the information from my tour. And so the one file per child uh, came about, and that's a file that stayed with children um, throughout their youth and was either um, you know, marked confidential or whatever or destroyed you know, when they got to be 18. And... I think it helped a lot because it helped coordinate a lot of the uh, social service uh, efforts that different agencies and organizations were were making and still are making today. I think the one filed per child still stands as far as I know. So I was happy about that. And a few other things managed to accomplish, a few acts that were passed. So um, it's been a worthwhile you know, effort on my part. I feel good about it. Yep. Now, now you, you've done a lot of your work has been helping children with their health, safety, and welfare as well, Josh. I know Uncle Dave, you've been helping Josh with his family um, and uh, also serving our country. Now, do those files, can those uh, can those kids, when they turn 18, do they get to keep that file? Maybe that would answer some questions for them. 
down the line or? That's a good or, question. I would imagine most states have different, different policies on that. I mean, it seems to me like they should, just like we have access to our files if you're under certain circumstances, most circumstances. I would think that children should, uh, but I, I remember what you know used to happen with things like the adoption files, that sort of thing. Sure. A lot of those are more confidential. But I think uh, younger people now have more access to their records than they used to in the past. So that's a good question. Um, another thing I'll look into this coming week. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it would answer some questions down the line. You know, where did I come from? You know, what happened? And if they're seeking help and or they need help uh, as adults, I mean, that that might get them a little farther along in therapy and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They should. I think they should have access to those um, records. And um, why not? I mean, I can't see why anybody would block it. Yeah, I mean, a chain of custody form just makes so much sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's you, you. I mean, you just hit a great question uh, that that hits close to home with me because my younger brother's adopted, and I don't know how much accessibility we have to his records prior to his adoption with us when he was uh five or six five or six six 30 years uh, 30 years ago it's crazy 30 plus years ago um yeah i don't know i don't know what what they shared or how much they shared and how much was given to him uh accessibility i think my mother and father have some stuff but i don't know if they have it all that's but you're right that would make a huge difference mm-hmm. uh lineage or if there was addiction issues or other things that may or may not be known uh with that abandonment uh, especially I tell my younger brother he's he's adopted all the time I'm like look at you man you don't look like us you don't talk like us he doesn't uh, think it's funny but I do yeah well that's that's as long as you laugh about it you know so that's the most important thing laugh first that's what you do is if you say something you laugh first and people can't get mad that's one of those things you know so you're a lot better at that than I am. <laughs> so, so, Josh, I was noticing your new shirt, the Be Awesome shirt. Oh, this is you should explain to your audience when we met. You were just t- starting up Be Awesome, and you've done a lot that's benefited uh, child health, safety, and welfare. As yeah, well. well, that was it. Was a uh, you know it wasn't intended. Um, one, I didn't know enough. I, I just knew I was going to meet a really awesome person when I was going up to see you I didn't know enough of your story um but what I did know is that I was a startup with uh with a newborn and uh, I had 10 I had 10 be awesome shirts made I think I had a couple for you one for me that I wore for five days which was was uh pretty good um and then I was going to sell 10 of them on my way my journey out for 25 dollars a piece and um what happened was uh, I went into a subway on my way to the to go see you and um the day before and i walked in with my be awesome shirt and the and the young man that was making gonna make my sandwich he just looked up and he was you could tell he was having a tough day and he's like i love your shirt and i'm like great first sale i'm a salesman by by trade so i'm like this is easy and i, I sold him i'm like great you look like a size large he's like how'd you guess it's like just luck went out to my car every intention of selling him a t-shirt and um when I walked in, I just saw his smile from ear to ear. And I'm like, I can't charge him 25 bucks for this shirt. Um, especially before he makes my sandwich. So I, I gave it to him. And so the first, <laughs> the first gift of a shirt was to, uh, to a subway employee. And, uh, and then I went up to see Santa and, and we did a tour of the firehouse. 
the North Pole Fire Department. And I mean, who wouldn't want to do a tour of the North Pole Fire Department? And the deputy fire chief uh, gave us a full tour, took pictures of the trucks and gave, you know, gave me a couple of shirts, fire department, North Pole Fire Department shirts and uh, had to give him a shirt. And so before I knew it, I didn't have enough shirts to give a worthy donation to Santa Claus. And so during that podcast, our first podcast, um, when it came about that there was 3 million homeless and foster kids in the United States, I made a commitment to every shirt that I sell forever. We're going to give $3 to a charity um, that is supportive of homeless and foster programs in the United States. And we've, we've committed and given, um, I, I got to look at what the tally is, but it's somewhere up around uh, somewhere between 10 and $15,000. We started with the Fairbanks Youth Advocates uh, we gave him a check for the better part of $3,000 in the first couple of months um, at Christmas time in 2018. And we've given to the DuPont Ice Arena and School on Wheels. And I'm actually looking at, um, I got to reach out to this group. I just heard about this, this group, which is um, um, 68 hours. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, the end 68 hours of hunger. And it's a program. I just I just got exposed to it a couple of weeks ago, and I need to do some more homework on it. But this is an organization that works with communities to ensure that no child goes home on Friday and is hungry for the weekend because when they leave school, there's 68 hours before they go back to school, and a lot of them are going home to no food. So um, we're going to work to get a hold of these guys and see if there's a way that we can put our program in place with that moving forward and uh, and help support that. So. Um, That's great. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's something wonderful that, uh, that Santa, Santa exposed me to. And one of the coolest things every year around Christmas time, I call him and tell him, you know, what the tally is and where it's going and who we're supporting. Um, and it's, and it's just a small part of, of his mission that I get to, that I get to help him on. So um, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. I know it takes a lot of energy and time to do it, but I'm sure that children appreciate it worth every bit of it. And, um, and we've got a, we've, we've actually got someone that's going to, we've got a company that's going to take care of the fulfillment uh, for our online store moving forward, which is nice. Um, and we're doing some cool stuff next month. I'm going down. Uh, hopefully there's nobody listening for this keynote that I'm doing, but next month we're going down for, uh, I'm doing a keynote in Florida and their, their um, conference is going to, is going for their, their charities to support, uh, a local center for helping uh, homeless youth in, in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And we're going to give $6 of every shirt because I want to double down and I want to give them uh, a sizable donation and I'm going to be selling them on site. So hopefully we get a nice check that I can give you an update on for that as well. So um, I never wanted, you know, Santa, it was funny. I was thinking about our first meeting together and I, I remember telling you, uh, I don't want to be in the shirt business, <laughs> right? I don't want to be in the shirt business, but we're going to sell shirts and we're going to do, we're going to do something for the cause. So um, that's, that's what we did. And we're going to stay true to our word for uh, all of perpetuity for that. So Thank you. Um, no, it's our honor. So, um, so here we are today. I called you on April 2nd, uh, April 1st, my phone was going nuts because, you know, uh, having you as my friend and everybody knowing it, everyone keeps tabs with regard to you. And I was getting all of these articles sent to me saying, is this real? Is this true? Because of course, of all the days to submit papers, uh, April 1st, April Fool's Day, Santa Claus submits 
for uh, the House of Representatives seat that has become open with a special election. And so I called you on April 2nd and I told you, my phone's lighting up, what's going on? And you said, yep, I'm running along with, is it 47 or 48 other people that have submitted their, their name for nomination? Yeah, a total of 48 of us for the uh, U.S. House of Representatives to finish up uh, Congressman Don Young's term. He died unexpectedly uh, in March. And after 49 years in Congress, he was the only representative Alaska's ever had to Congress, <laughs> in addition to two senators, but he is the only House of Representatives member. So you're kind of scrambling to uh, fill that seat. And up here, we have a thing called ranked choice voting. So we have a little primary coming up in uh, June 11th, and then a general coming up uh, the second week in uh, August. So I threw my hat in the ring <clears throat> April 1st, which was the last day to do that. And the person who threw their hat in after I did was another name that's recognizable. That's uh, Sarah Palin. So we have two of us with high name recognition and then about another eight of us in the state that within the state have very high name recognition. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. And not too many people are familiar with the uh, ranked choice voting. Yeah. I've been an advocate for it for a while. It's, um, it reduces partisanship, encourages more candidates to run. It kind of boosts voter turnout takes power away from special interests and out-of-state influence. It makes it almost impossible for anyone to rig an election. And they do it by, I'm surprised they even have a primary in this one. They should have just gone to the ranked choice voting, in my opinion. And what that means is voters vote and the top four vote getters, in our case, that's out of 48 uh, candidates, the top four vote getters, um, are sort of voted on and there's an algorithm that shakes it out so that instead of out of 48 people, let's say one person got 10,000 or 10% of the vote, that might be enough to win. So what are the other supporters of the other 90% of the voters going to think? Mm -hmm. So this ranked choice voting ultimately means that whoever wins out of those four, because of the way the algorithm is set up, your, your choices are ranked. You vote for four people in order, your order of preference. And whoever wins has received out of those four votes a vote from at least 50% of the voters. So whoever gets in is at least liked or acceptable to more than half of the voters instead of one candidate just getting a tiny percentage of the votes and then being the grand poobah of that particular election. So ranked choice voting, I think, is good in many ways. And I'll be anxious, or not anxious, but I'll be interested in seeing how this uh, shakes out. And Alaska is one of, if not the only state that, that has ranked choice, correct? Maine has it, and a couple other states have it to certain degrees. There are different ways you can work it into the electoral process. But we're the ones that have it sort of statewide, and this is our first opportunity to use it, which I think is why they did a little primary this time, and then the regular ranked choice voting is the secondary thing, which is fine. It'll get people used to the, the new system. Interesting. 
So you're doing this. Uh, I'm sure that the majority of the 48, including Sarah Palin, um, have um, uh, are going to spend significant money, even though, you know, stacking votes and everything else, but buying, you know, signs or commercial time or, or, or getting endorsements. Um, the, there's a lot of these are going to spend some significant time, money and effort. Um, you're spending significant time and effort, but like no, like no money. Like four hundred four hundred dollars for your whole campaign is, I think, what I read. Yeah, that's correct. Four hundred dollars. Um, I'm running for the special election, which only lasts till the end of this year, the term. And mm-hmm. then other people are also running for the two-year subsequent term for uh, Congress. Um, mm-hmm. In my case, I decided not to solicit or accept any campaign contributions. Uh, one, because I don't think money should have a part in who gets elected. Um, whether it's big money, small money, any money. If voters like, you know, if somebody's platform or their presentation resonates with voters, that's who the voters should vote for. They don't need to get postcards in the mail or telephone calls or texts or, you know, be assaulted by all these over-the-top, you know, campaign devices to try and get people to, to vote for them just put the platform out. We have social media now. We have websites. We have all sorts of things, wonderful podcasts like yours and, you know, get the word out that way. And this way voters are in control of how they feel like voting for somebody, you know, how much energy and time they want to put into it. They don't have to deal with a party. They don't have to deal with uh, looking to see who PACs are supporting. They don't have to look at, you know, what the media says necessarily, unless it's something informative. It's a whole different way of doing it. And I'm hoping this uh, voters realize this is a way to empower themselves to get out and do something creative for a candidate they would like to support, whether it's me or somebody else, and just get out there and do it and have some fun with it. You know, if they feel like canvassing with friends and knocking on doors, great. If they want to do some little phone banking or something, you know, in a very casual way, great. Um, I've seen some very creative lawn signs that supporters of mine have made. They've been kind enough to uh, send me on Twitter, which, uh, by the way, is Santa Claus for AK, abbreviation for Alaska. And it uh, you know lifts up my spirits as a candidate, knowing that people are out there uh, in their, with their own initiative, you know, trying to do something to uh, help my campaign where I don't have to direct control or coordinate anything with them to get that to happen. I'm not on Facebook anymore. I said goodbye to my 309 beloved Facebook followers in 2018 because I disagreed with uh, the way the platform, I like the platform, but I, I don't like the way it's being administered, to make a long story short. So I'm the only platform on it now is Twitter, and that may change soon if it's acquired by somebody else. And then I'll be with my website. Um, somebody did a, um, a fan site on Facebook, which apparently is doing very well. And someone else did uh, this nice little TikTok video that I saw. And I'm not on TikTok, but they sent me a link to it. And it's very entertaining. So there are lots of ways people can be supportive of campaigns without it costing them any more than maybe a little bit of their time and energy to put up something on social media or make a little sign or something. 
instead of having to go through these hoops and stuff with part, you know, major parties or even minor parties for that matter, and uh, kind of have to toe the line. A lot of that other stuff is all control stuff, which I'm not at all remotely interested in. So um, I hope people, when they're considering how their candidate is going about doing things to look to see if the candidate, I'm not, for instance, taking PAC money or any money. I know if their candidate is taking PAC money, you know, who's, what does the PAC represent? You know, are they going to forums that are sponsored by, you know, major like industrial types? And if so, what do the hosts of those forums expect out of the candidates who are attending? So I, you know, I'm all for forums. I'm not so much for debates, but um, I'm pretty careful with uh, where I appear and with whom, because I don't want it to seem as though, or in fact be um, an instance where I'm, somebody's trying to control me or how I might vote in the future on something that might be of interest to them. I want to make one correction. When you said your Facebook followers, 309, it was 309,000 that you yeah, stepped sorry. away from. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you had a massive platform and you stepped away yeah. from it for, for beliefs. And, 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 you know, we're not going to get into, like we say, we never get into the, the details of the politics of things, but right. that's your, like your, your belief system is so strong. I mean, you could have kept that. And at this point you would have had a half a million or a million followers you, you 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 i mean you've you've gotten for for those that aren't on twitter and seen you in in a month and four and 45 days you've grown a following on twitter of about twelve thousand followers and your posts are being shared and liked thousands of times and i gotta tell you i i i i'm not a twitter person you know i'm not a twitter person i became a twitter person in the last 45 days because solely because of you and it's because I love to read the comments on your posts. The number one comment I have to say was someone's witty. What is your policy on coal? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you've got some really good ones. I mean, you've got some that are not so nice, um, but you've got some really good ones. Um, <clears throat> you know, just you, you, you and I have talked so many times about what do you what do you want to do? You know, what are you going to do? It's kind of like, are you going to run for city council again? You're like, no, I don't think so. And then you, and then you ran again. I, I, I see a nod in your head. I, I know that you're not going to, you telling me you're not going to run again. Um, but I mean, you've accomplished a lot and you've done a lot and you've shared a lot. And, and one of the things that I admire most about you, especially in today's world is it, it seems like you can only make 50% of the people happy, right? It's only the people that are on your side of the p- political fence um, the other 50%, you know, they don't talk to you. They don't associate with you. Um, you're, you're like 1%, like it's like 99% of, 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 of the people around you are one side politically and you're on the other side and you've garnered a lot of respect, appreciation, admiration. And it's not because of your name, it's because of your attitude. And I think it's, you know, when you talk about the debate, right. Um, did I just freeze up? All right, we had a little bit of a, a blip on the screen. Don't know where we cut off and where we picked back up again, but uh, I think it was somewhere around where I was talking about Santa not running for anything again, and he ran for city council again. 
uh, but it would be the last time. I think it was a year or two ago. Um, you you get along with with all sides of the house. You, I mean, you don't look at people as a Republican or Democrat. Obviously, with your your beliefs and the and what you're doing and fighting for our youth um, would show for that. Um, which I think is just so admirable and amazing in a in a world where um, it seems like we we make fifty percent of the people upset based on our political beliefs. Um, you know, people have been friends for twenty years and they come out and say they're a Republican or a Democrat and they're best friend of 20 years is on the other side. And now all of a sudden they're not friends again. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see how, you know, when you're saying you're not going to do much on the debating and all of your, how you're doing this campaign. Um, but what I'm really curious about is why did you choose to do that? Like what got you to do this um, in your commitment? I know why you're doing it as far as, you know, how you're doing it, but you know, what, what caused you to say, I'm going to, I'm going to submit the papers and, and go for it. Well, I'm 75 this month, and um, this particular opportunity, as it were, is only for four months. And my, I'm winding down my last year on city council, my second term. And um, I was kind of, it was an unexpected opportunity. So um, as you pointed out before, I tend to try and find common ground with people and the fellow who passed away, um, he and the two senators, Alaska has are, are Republican and my particular views are disparate from theirs. However, every time I've spoken with them or emailed whatever, we've found common ground. And with the fellow who passed away, um, he started up the Congressional Cannabis Caucus. And as you probably recall, I was diagnosed with cancer more than a decade ago, and uh, cannabidiol has helped me keep that at bay for more than a decade now. And even though I don't recommend it for children, unless you know a doctor prescribes it for like epileptic seizures or something like that, um, it's worked well for me with edibles. So that was something he and I had in common, and fisheries and some other things he was addressing up here. And one of the senators is being into military. Um, Uncle Dave knows about that stuff. Um, and he is interested in stemming the number of suicides in the military now and the um, sexual assaults and also uh, providing for homes for military. Um, they have a big problem with housing these days. And the other senator um, is interested in how our population here in the United States is aging and how to uh, you know, meet some of the challenges and demands um, that are being caused by that process. And so we all have different things we can talk about that we have in common and we can expand on some of those and get something that they might like to see, something that I might like to see, even though the term would only be for a few months, that'd be great. Um, so the one thing I learned through the years and through going through graduate school and the ministry and stuff is the bottom line is we are to love one another period so whatever we're doing if it falls into the love one another part i'm all for it if it doesn't i'll try and you know figure out a way to uh make that happen and i think the more examples people children especially see of people doing that like 
you gentlemen are doing, I'm trying to do, other people are trying to do, um, a lot of women are trying to do, um, even children like Greta and others um, are stepping up and doing their best to make a better future, especially for, for children. I don't know if you got it or not, Josh, but when uh, that cutoff we were talking about, you know, I, I thought uh, members from the other side of the aisle can definitely gravitate towards Santa just because he's not represented by anything. You know, he's, he's doing this all on his own and it's just such a good message uh, right. and he's doing all the right things for the right reason. So it, it, it makes it easy. And I, if that's what it takes to get the word out there, I mean, maybe that'll change politics in the future, hopefully. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a set agenda, I think, is what I'm, you know, what I've just gathered is, is that it's, it's everything. It's not something, it's everything. And that's, and today it's a lot. I mean, what you just touched on, you know, we, we have 22 active military uh, committing suicide every day. That's, that's, that's serious. That's, that's real. That, that isn't some made up thing and there's got to be something behind it. I, and I don't think it takes a lot to figure out what it is behind it. And I think that there needs to be, in my own personal opinion, more proactive approaches opposed to reactive approaches on how we handle that. Um, and I think that we need to be taking better care uh, of our active military. I've, I've learned a lot about, you know, our, our young military members that's joined boot camp. And many of them go to boot camp because they want to get away from get away from what they've been around for the first 18 years of life. And then they get there and they feel like they're in some form of solitude and they go through boot camp and they don't, don't get a single card or anything from them. And I love to see that there's some initiatives with people like my friend, Andrew Appleton, that wants to make sure that every active military member in boot camp gets a, a holiday card, letting them know that people love and care about them because it doesn't matter how much you want to get away from people. You, you, once you're there, it's solitude and you're alone. And that, that only goes so long for anybody. Nobody wants to be alone like that. Um, and then the housing, you know, when you're talking about all these points that all these other people are putting that you're saying, yeah, this, this makes sense. You know, love, love one another, period. Um, I love it. And it's not an agenda. It's, it's being good to one another and taking care of each other and doing the right things. And I think that um, anyone that's, that's, genuine and, and chasing the right things to make a better planet for everybody is is uh is amazing so i love you know them. uh cards and boot camp I, I i won't speak for the united states marine corps but i doubt very heavily that those kids are gonna get uh i'm thinking about you cards and marine corps boot camp i don't yeah. think that's gonna happen yeah <laughs> i think well, they, they might get lost <laughs> <laughs> work we're working hard to get them at least one card you you guys might you you know might put it at the bottom of the box, but it's going to be there. That's that's what that's the work in progress. <laughs> I know how tough you Marines are. I know. I know. I'm going to I'm going to send you a card when we're done with this. Let's I hope so. Like it. I need all I need all the help I can get. <laughs> One of the things I noticed through the years is a particular dynamic. I see it in politics. See it throughout the world. It's not just here in the United States or between people we know, but there's this dynamic between love versus fear and mm -hmm. fear is what engenders some of the hate that we see these days and kids are paying attention so with the love versus fear my campaign and most of what i and the three of us try to do is based in love and what i see in the fear part is people's fear of losing something whether it's their quote freedoms or um their 
job or their money or their control or their position in society or property or whatever it happens to be. And that is at the country level as well. You know, other countries are afraid of losing their you know, agriculture, losing their minerals, losing their oil or gas or whatever, or they're going after somebody else's. So there's this big fear thing going on. And that was one of the reasons I it was just staying out of the whole money thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like that kind of control and fear in, in a lot of areas is a controlling factor and it shouldn't be. We're seeing it right now with what Russia is doing. We're seeing it right now with you know, some other countries and people are doing. And I'd like to see that dissipate real quickly. And I think children would welcome that change. I think most people would welcome that change. Um, you know, we have a defense department. It's not a war department. It's a defense department. And up here in Alaska, we have this huge defense array because we're 50 miles away from Russia. So if something's going to happen between our country and theirs, we are the first line of defense up here. And we're twice the size geographically as Texas. And we have between, you know, depending on who you ask, either seven or nine military bases. I won't go into that, but um, it's a huge array up here and it needs support. You know, with all the climate change and stuff, we have um, different agreements we have with different Arctic nations and we have um, considerations with the permafrost disappearing and what that might do with regard to pandemics and stuff. And we have oil and energy challenges up here that the United States is facing and we can actually do something about it. We just have to figure out the best way to do it without, you know, compromising, you know, first peoples, you know, sacred lands and that kind of stuff and other environmental concerns. So there are all these things that are played up here in Alaska, which is closer to me and what I'm doing personally, since I'm in North Pole, Alaska, but the same principles apply throughout the world, big country, little country, resources, no resources, rich, poor, whatever. Um, And I think that love versus fear dynamic has to be recognized and then people figure out a way to keep bringing it back to love. Yeah. Well, and I have to interject one humor and then I'm going to talk about the love versus fear, but this is hands down the best t-shirt you could ever get next to a Be Awesome t-shirt. That Be Awesome is number one, the second best t-shirt. And I have to say, I preface this with, I love all 46 states that I've been to, and I'm sure I'm going to love Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Hawaii when I get to visit those last four. But Alaska's got a t-shirt with a picture of Texas on it. And then it says Alaska, uh, or Texas, Alaska's little brother. (laughs) Because everybody in Texas does it big, and they do. But Alaska, you have no idea the sheer size of it until you start driving through it. And I've been the Valdez, Fairbanks, Denali, Air, Anchorage, Wasilla, Kenai. I've been all over the place and uh, it is just massive and uh, totally um, to get a lot of those, those pieces. The fear versus love, you're, you're spot on. I mean, think about the news. How often do you see good stories in the news? And we're just, we're, 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 we're just, we find ourselves hypnotized by having to watch it because we don't want to miss out on it. And I sit here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I fall victim to it. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll put the news on unintentionally and I'll get drawn in, but you know, the news is just telling us stories that haven't finalized. They haven't finished yet. 
right? Think about all the crimes that happen, but we don't know who did it or how they did it um, and what the end result is, but we follow along, you know, this tragic story in Buffalo, New York yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty open and shut. He did it on, he streamed streamed the video on social media. It goes to court and claims not guilty. Um, But that's going to carry on for some time. It's going to cause pain, suffering, and you can't unsee this stuff. You can't not feel anger towards it. Um, and I'm not saying you 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 minimize it or move it away from you, but we have to put some sense of control in it, and we have to find some happiness in in what we see and how we how we perceive it, because otherwise it does it 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 can toxify you. Um, it, when I was a child, when I was a child, they uh, we had um, drills in school because of the prospect of nuclear war back then, yeah. um, hiding under our desks. Not that that would have done much good, but we didn't know that. All we knew is we had to hide. You want to protect mm-hmm. ourselves. We used to have water in our base, you know, bottles of water and food and whatever, you know, emergency supplies just in case there was a nuclear attack. And um, now children in school have active shooter drills. You know, now children in school are starting to worry about nuclear war again because of the Russia and Ukraine um, situation. And they're being bullied like some of us were way back when I was bullied. I was overweight and figured out a way to, you know, lose some weight and protect other people who were being bullied. And, but to see all this falling upon children's shoulders now is kind of heart wrenching. And that's why it's nice to see Be Awesome and um, a few other major efforts people are making to improve the uh, health, safety, welfare of children. So they have something to look forward to, not just the holidays, but just an improved spirit, you know, to reinforce that sense of love, you know, let it resonate. And um, years ago, one a little, didn't win, but I received a, a peace award from the Santa Claus Peace Council in Turkey of all places. And mm-hmm. Um, I say of all places, because Turkey's got kind of its own interesting reputation, Um, but received this thing. And it was because the people with that little council thought that what I had to say about peace was important. And what I had said back then and still believe is if we ever want to have international peace, we have to instill love and peace in the heart of each and every child first. Start in the right spot, and especially for those kids that are that are in a uh, in a tough spot, they got enough to worry about where their next meal is coming from. I know a, a friend of mine grew up in a very rural part of the United States, and he had he told me he had a an hour drive to school on the way there, and obviously an, an hour home. And if they if the uh, if they read a book, they'd get a free piece of pizza at school every day, and. Mm-hmm. You know, their family didn't have much, two nickels to rub together or whatever. And he would read two books on the way to school, two books on the way home from school every day. He's like, man, I was hungry. And, and over time, I learned how to speed read. And the guy's just incredible. So, well, it's great. You know, good story. It's you can't we can't. We can't live our lives like our parents live their lives of you know, everything was done uphill, barefoot in the snow, you know, with a hundred pounds on their back. I think that 
you know, figuring out, I had this conversation last night, I spoke in a celebration uh, in my town and um, I was talking to someone and, and I didn't have it as hard as many, but I had it pretty tough uh, growing up. I had a lot of emotional challenges. I had uh, growth challenges. I was, a, I was tiny until I was in the 11th grade. And I was, I was definitely a punk when I talk about a lot of the stuff that I did that just wasn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't the right thing. And that caused me five years of high school and, you know, three years of community college and still being a second semester freshman. And, you know, um, but I look at that stuff and, and people go, wow, you turned out all right. And they say, well, that doesn't make it all right. You know, it doesn't yep. make a lot of the things that could have been done differently. And it's not making it easier. It's not toughening up people. It's not, it's, it's making it, it's making it fair. It's making it a level playing field. The Southern New Hampshire university president, uh, he said at a commencement speech, you know, ability is equally dispersed, you know, uh, across the board, but opportunity is not. And giving people hope and opportunity is, is something that, uh, that we need to do more of. So I'm just glad that, uh, I'm glad you're fighting the good fights, Anna. This has been, uh, this has been great. I, I, I took about three pages of notes, um, as I'm just jotting down here of, of more, I think every time I talk to you, I learn more and more about you and a lot of what you're doing. And, and, uh, I, I wish you luck. Uh, I know you're in for a good, a good, healthy fight. Um, I, I applaud your efforts and your, and your stance on, on how you're doing it. And, uh, and I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna make it. I think you're gonna, I think, I think you got a good fighting chance. Uh, you got a great message and I'm looking at all these things that are getting shared out to the world. You got a great following. And, uh, you know, I think if you get in there for a couple of months and you can, make a few strides and just try to get things aligned uh, properly with a, f a few of these initiatives. I think that's better than, than some that would just have their own initiative. So uh, well, just imagine how, thank you. Just imagine how people are going to feel if I do get in, not only would it be kind of cool for kids at Christmas time say, Oh, there's Santa. <laughs> but just think how, it, what a message it sends to the packs and to the yep. big players. Um, that you don't have to have money to run right. and win an election. You just have to have a platform that resonates and try and do something good right. for people and work with people and love, you know, love. I think you're scaring a lot of people. And I think that's a good thing. I think, I think that's a good, I think that's a good fear. I think that's a good fear for people to have that, um, that love could win. And, uh, and it, that's all that it is. And so, um, you know, I wish you luck. I, I can't vote. Um, so it's, I, I can, I can only wish you luck. Um, but, but, uh, thank I'm, you, Uncle Dave too. I'm going to keep following along with you and, uh, well, you and I will continue talking offline as we do. And, and, uh, I'll give you an update next month on how we make out for, uh, the Jacksonville initiative. Thank you. Sending love to you and your families and, uh, keep up the good work with that. Uh, be awesome. Thank love, you. Love to you. Good my luck, friend. Santa. So thank you. Well, this has been a doozy. This went this went long, and I'm glad it did, and we could probably go for another hour or two. Uncle Dave, congratulations on your first episode. You made it. Uh, we'll we'll get, get our next episode lined up, and the, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope we don't get off this. You go, man, what am I doing on this thing? But uh, no, I love this. I, I learned a ton today, and I, I like seeing you. And you're talking about you in high school. Did you have a perm back then, too, or is that like – uh, yes, I, yes, yes, I did. Uh, okay. I, I am actually reliving my high school youth. 
Um, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my hair, uh, to be honest with you. I had short hair until 2017 uh, when I almost choked to death. And then somebody somewhere said, you got to let your hair down. And, uh, and that's what I did. I just, I went like, I went, I went a while without getting a haircut and then I just didn't care. And I started growing the beard and then it got, I, I was getting close to Santa's length a couple months ago. And I, I finally, I finally trimmed it down, but yeah, no, I've, I've, I've had the permanent it's, it's, it's coming back. Well, I never, never back on the ice. It's going it to never went by. Yeah. Never, never went away. So, well, well, welcome uncle Dave. Thank you, Santa. This, this was, this was an awesome, uh, back to the, back to the basics, uh, episode and, and much, much luck to you and keep fighting the good fight up there. And I hope to see you at some point soon. Um, uh, probably won't happen this summer, but maybe this winter I'll figure out still trying to figure out how to do Christmas in the North pole. Maybe bring uncle Dave along. Uh, great. That, that'd be something. Oh, yeah. So, but that will do it for episode 95. Thank you so much. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Anybody listening live, this is coming on to you real soon. Um, in the meantime, uh, we'd love to get those likes, follow, shares. Most importantly, the five-star ratings and reviews. If we deserve a five-star rating and review on any podcast platform, we would love to get it. Send us an email, josh at beawesome, J-O-S-H at beawesome.com. We'll get Dave an email sometime soon so he can take all the complaints. But uh, if, if you, if you do a rating and review, send me an email with an address and size, we'll send you a free t-shirt. If we don't earn your five-star rating and review, don't turn us off. Send me an email. Tell me what we're doing wrong. We'll consider uh, how we can improve because we want to, we want to make this uh, an awesome experience and something worthwhile for you to listen to. And um, we'll be back online here in the next couple of days to a week with uh, our next episode. So in the meantime, if you can be anything, be awesome. Have a great day. See ya.